This is the Notorious Bakersfield Podcast. I'm Robert Peterson, the host and creator of this podcast that takes a look back at some of Bakersfield's most notorious crimes, events, and characters. Roy Walker was living with his wife off of Cottonwood Road in Bakersfield in 1939. Just after midnight on May 13th of that year, the couple was awakened by distant cries for help. Telling his wife to stay put, Mr. Walker jumped out of bed, pulled on his overalls, and grabbed his shotgun and flashlight. As he stepped out into his front yard, he didn't see anything out of the ordinary but he could still hear the cries. About 200 yards from their home, on Cottonwood Road, was a packing shed that was under construction. The framing was the only thing completed. There were no walls, and the roof was only half done. It was still a skeleton of a structure. It sounded that the cries were coming from there. As Mr. Walker made his way closer to the shed, he could hear the cries more clearly, making him certain that that's where the commotion was coming from. Pointing the beam of his flashlight at the unfinished structure, Mr. Walker could see right through the bones of the building. As he did this, he could see a figure lying on the wooden floor. It was a middle-aged man wearing a suit. His tie was loosened to where it hung low off of his neck. His feet and hands were bound. When the light found the man's face, Mr. Walker could see that a gag was pulled down under his chin, allowing him to cry out for help. This was May 1939. Amelia Earhart, the famous female aviator, had been missing and presumed dead for nearly two years by then. Mr. Walker hadn't found Amelia Earhart, who he did discover that early morning near his rural Bakersfield home was George Putnam, Amelia Earhart's husband. This is Kidnapping or Hoax. Remember, I welcome suggestions for future stories. If you have a story idea, you can contact me through the website, NotoriousBakersfield.com. Click the contact link to send me a message. And while you're at NotoriousBakersfield.com, you can show your support. Click the support link to buy me a cup of coffee. Be sure to follow the Notorious Bakersfield social media pages. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Pictures related to each episode, including this one, are posted to those social media pages. Everyone knows who Amelia Earhart was, the famous female aviator to fly solo across the Atlantic Ocean in 1932. And of course, she's most famous for attempting to fly around the world only to vanish on that journey and never being found. To this day, her disappearance is still 
a mystery. Many credit Earhart's popularity at the time to the work of her husband, George Putnam. Putnam was an author and publisher. He was also a master at attracting publicity. The couple was a great team. Amelia did the flying, and George handled her publicity. When Earhart disappeared during that much-publicized voyage around the world in 1937, her husband, George Putnam, had her declared dead in January of 1939. He seemed to be getting his life back on track after her disappearance. He was engaged to another woman, and he was publishing a new book. The Man Who Killed Hitler was written by an anonymous author, or authors, but Putnam was the publisher. Here is how George Putnam described the events that happened to him on Friday, May 12, 1939. About 5 p.m. that day, he received a telephone call at his Hollywood home from his secretary. The secretary told Putnam that Rex Cole, a Hollywood agent and friend of his, wanted Putnam to meet him at Cole's house. At about 7 p.m., Putnam walked out of his house and stepped into his garage to get into his car, when two men appeared. They shoved what Putnam claims felt like a barrel of a gun into his side, then wrestled him into the back seat of his car. The men bound Putnam's hands with what was described then as tire tape and put a sack over his head. One man stayed in the back seat with Putnam while the other one got behind the steering wheel and took off with the publisher held hostage. Putnam said he never got a good look at the man before they put the sack over his head. He could only give a vague description of them. He said one was tall and the other was short. He said the doctors spoke perfect English, but when they conversed with each other, they spoke in German or a language he believed was German. The men asked Putnam to identify the anonymous author or authors of his recently published book, The Man Who Killed Hitler, and Putnam refused. The three men drove at least two hours. At one point, Putnam said the vehicle stopped and the driver got out. He thought maybe he heard the driver talk to someone else. This made Putnam believe another car was following. The driver got back in and continued driving. Putnam said the men never threatened him or struck him in any way. When the vehicle stopped for the final time, Putnam said that's when the men took him from the car to the shed on Cottonwood Road in Bakersfield. The captors then bound Putnam's feet and removed the sack from his head. They put tape over Putnam's mouth and laid him on the wooden floor of the packing shed that was still under construction. Before they left, one of the men said, "'You'll keep here nicely until morning.'" And then both men left. Putnam claimed because of the position he was lying in, with his hands bound behind his back, and because the bindings were so extremely tight, he lost circulation in his arms, hands, legs, and feet. At first, it was just uncomfortable, but the longer the ordeal went on and the more he struggled to free himself, the more painful it became. He estimated it took close to two hours before he was able to loosen the tape that covered his mouth. As soon as he was able to, he began yelling for help. 
but he had no idea if that would even help. He had no clue where he was or if a human was around to hear his cries. It was a great relief to George Putnam when he saw the beam of light from Roy Walker's flashlight. Then it crossed his mind that maybe the kidnappers were returning. So he quieted down. Then he realized the man walking towards him didn't arrive in a car. The captors would have been driving a car. Once he realized that, Putnam yelled out louder. When Putnam told Mr. Walker that he'd been kidnapped, Mr. Walker set his shotgun down and freed the bound man. Walker helped him up and assisted him walking. Putnam was having difficulty moving because of being cramped up. When they got to the Walker residence, Mrs. Walker made a pot of coffee for the shaken man while Mr. Walker drove to a payphone to call the Kern County Sheriff. That's basically the version of events George Putnam recounted to Kern County Under Sheriff Houston. When Putnam was giving a statement to the newspaper reporters who swarmed the Kern County Sheriff's Office, Putnam refused to answer questions. Then a photographer asked, is this some kind of publicity gag? This upset Putnam. The publisher threatened to punch anyone in the mouth who suggested this was a publicity stunt. He claimed the ordeal was much too elaborate and physically painful for him to just make up. He said, quote, Do you think I'd soil my trousers for a publicity stunt? Evidently, George Putnam crapped his pants. Later that morning, some friends from Hollywood traveled to Bakersfield to pick up George Putnam and take him home. Meanwhile, Kern County law enforcement kept an eye out for Putnam's car that was still missing. This is off topic, but something I find interesting. To research these stories, I read a lot of old newspapers. Often in those years, newspaper writers used the word machine in place of car or vehicle or automobile. I can understand the use of machine in the early days of the automobile, but they did this clear up into the 50s. And the articles I read for this story used the word machine for car or automobile or vehicle. So anyways, I just find that interesting. I, I'd never heard that before I started reading all these old articles. George Putnam's missing machine, or car, was found four days later, parked just south of the popular Bakersfield public swimming pool, the Union Avenue Plunge. Sheriff's detectives searched for fingerprints, but said it appeared the surfaces had been wiped clean. There was a minor dent in the fender that Putnam claimed hadn't been there before. To show his gratitude, George Putnam mailed autographed copies of his book, the man who killed Hitler, to Under Sheriff Houston and to Mr. and Mrs. Walker. This case was never solved, and people for years continued to question whether it was a hoax orchestrated by the publisher to help promote book sales. To his favor, two attendants in Hollywood at a gas station near Putnam's house told police two men pulled into the service station asking where George Putnam lived. Also, his secretary told police that she did receive that phone call telling her that Hollywood agent Rex Cole wanted to meet with Putnam that evening, but Cole claimed the person was an imposter. Resources used to research this story, the Bakersfield Californian, the United Press, 
and the Los Angeles Times. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Notorious Bakersfield Podcast. I'll be back next week, next Tuesday, with a new Notorious Bakersfield story. Have a good week.